And welcome everyone to the Jeanette Byro podcast. I am so thrilled to have you guys here joining in as we dive into the world of expanding consciousness. I am a medium, a channeler, and this podcast is an outlet for me to share messages from the Ascended Masters to light beings to archangels and more. And especially, I love sharing the messages from other people on this planet who are exploring consciousness for themselves and willing to share their experiences so that we can all learn because no experience is the same. So thanks for joining the show. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me as always. I am very excited to chit chat with one of my fellow mediums at Avalon Spirit. Tanya Leanne is here and she is not only a medical medium, but also very gifted, uh, I don't know, call it traditional medium, talking to deceased people, spirit guides, all of that. And we wanted to talk today a little bit about some of the myths and misconceptions to do with mediumship, be it questions we get, uh, assumptions, and all of that. So all to say, Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you. So excited to have you here. Thank so, you. Very excited this, to be here. You, awesome. you know what? To start, I, I don't know if you had an idea of what to start, but I actually, the biggest thing I find is there's a lot of judgment that we're like mentally ill. Oh, yeah, actually. Actually, yeah. that's true. And do you actually, Kate, to go even a little bit deeper or earlier in that process, did you go through a phase where you thought you must be quote unquote crazy? Or was it not always a, natural? Not a sig- well, I certainly know when the sensitivity of mediumship came to me. I remember getting a reading from somebody years ago and they said, are you sure you want to do this? Because this brings out extreme sensitivity. And I was like, I'm already sensitive, mm. but it really does. It brings out that extreme sensitivity. Mm-hmm. But you know, in some of the experiences that I've had, I sound nutty. Oh, when I talk about like yeah. this ascended master being in my living room, people are like, uh, huh? mm-hmm. you Very know, true. Yes. so there's absolutely been, and I don't think you get to do this work without, uh, questioning your sanity. That's at least very true. a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very true. I know that was pretty significant for me, especially in my later teens where I was becoming very sensitive, had no idea what was going on and felt very, very, um, people would look at me and think I was fine, but inside I felt like I was crumbling because I couldn't understand the sensitivity. And I mean, now it all makes sense, right? Yes. But uh, yeah, and I I like your idea of the judgment because I think it's very true. If, If we spoke about half of the things that we see or experience, yeah, it would absolutely sound very nutty. Yeah, yeah. Very, very nutty. You know, and what's funny, I find, and I'm curious if your family is like this too, there are times where with my husband, I'll, he'll say, what just happened there? And in my head, I'll think, well, do I tell him about, you know, this and this guy that looks like a fairy that also kind of looks half lemur like, do I tell him about that? Or I did, do I just say, <laughs> you know, what, it's all good. It's one of those things. You just won't get it. Right. Do you find you have that? You know what? My partner's fabulous and he's he's quite open minded. He's open minded to hold space for me to hear what I have to say. But he's also very scientific. So he'll sometimes say, well, I don't even know if I believe that. And I'm like, that's okay, babe. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. Right. Mm -hmm. But absolutely. Or like I was today, I was going to go crabbing and um, mermaids. Mermaids exist. 
Yes. I actually have not seen one. I don't know about you, but yeah. to, to, to say that to somebody, it's like, okay, but they do, they exist on different dimensions. Yeah. And I've, I've seen um, elves, I've seen dwarves mm-hmm. in, I've seen fairies and yes. people are like, right, right. I know. Right. So I also think this work takes a lot of um, confidence to um, own it. Mm-hmm that this is, you know, sort of our reality and this is what daily life looks like. I personally am fairly um, shut down when I'm out in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I, I go on and off and I don't, I, I don't want to see spirit all the time. I don't want be, to be chatted with from the other side all the time. I just don't like it because I mm-hmm. actually have a very 3D life that I have to live. But yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah. You know, and that's really, that's a good point because that was one of the misconceptions that I wanted to bring up is that people assume mediums see deceased people, guardian angels all the time at any given moment that we are constantly seeing them or constantly hearing them. And that's just not the case. It has to, we have to be in a certain frequency, which sometimes occur naturally. Uh, Other times we actually have to tune into it because when we go to the grocery store, Um, I know for me, I don't see them all the time. I can if need be, but it isn't all the time. No, me neither. And somebody asked me that with my medical mediumship and and he was like, so like when you're out and about, do you see this all the time? And I'm like, well, yeah, but no, because if somebody's talking to me about something medical that's happening to them, you can't help but see a little bit but I'm not tuning in to look at it all because a, you didn't ask me to, and I'm not going to intrude into Mm -hmm. your uh, space like that, but I don't want to. And the best way that I can explain it is, you know, when you're like sitting at a restaurant beside somebody and their phone bings and they pick it up and you just glance over and you see it's a text message from Kyle. That's what I might pick up on in the 3d when I'm not tuned in. But when I am tuned in, I take the cell phone and I read the entire text message from Mm -hmm. Kyle. You know, that's sort of the best way that I can explain it, how I experience, you know, walking about the 3D. That's a great example. I like that. Yeah. And that's very true. That's very true. Sometimes you get hits on it, but there's times you just like you decide to absolutely not tune in, not read that. You don't want to know about it. You're like, I don't want to know what Kyle has to say. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. No, thank you. No, thanks. Um, Okay, how about this one? Have you had people ask you what the secret code was, like a code word where like their family member passes and they're like, they promised they would say this word. What is the word? Yeah. I don't don't like that. That's a A, tough one. It puts me on the spot and it... And then I question sort of what I'm getting because they're looking for this very, very specific answer. And what somebody commits to in the 3D, their priorities and ideas, as you know, change on the other side because they see things from such a different perspective. I've personally never gotten that. But what I did have was um, a reading that I had with this man. And he was trying to get, there was something very, oh, it was her her nickname, what he used to call her. And I'm like, well, you know what she's showing me? I'm like, it's really weird, but she's showing me like the Flintstones, like a Flintstones, um, you know, the car that 
Fred and Barney mm-hmm. used to drive in with the um, rocks oh, for wheels. Yeah. I'm like, that's what they're showing me. And he's like, oh my God. He's like, I used to call her Betty. Mm-hmm. And that's what he mm-hmm. was looking for. So I didn't specifically yeah. get Betty, but I kind of got some stuff around it. I don't know. Have you gotten that kind of cold word? Um, sometimes, sometimes not. So sometimes it's just not available. There have been times where I have gotten the actual word, but <clears throat> more often than not, I will get an imagery like you just explained that describes the code word or is like an example of uh, right. one time I even, they showed me this YouTube video I needed to send them. And I was like, I don't know why I'm sending this to you. And it wasn't the YouTube video, but it was actually the ad right before the YouTube video that had, I think it was Wiley Coyote in it. And that was the symbolism, the key word, right? Like, and I would have no idea. So it can happen in so many different ways. It's never, it, why can't they never, it's not always simply clear of like the code word is uh, balloon and the code word is balloon, like sometimes, but not always. Right. Yeah. Or I, or I've had, what did he, what did he say to me um, right before he passed? And so I'm asking, and I'm not necessarily getting a specific saying, but what I did actually bring forward was kind of a secret that the two of them knew about and the other people on the call didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And she's prompting me to keep to say it. And I, so I did. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, like, you know, so the way I the way I read is spirit gives me information about who the person is and how that person knew them and things that are going to click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I haven't had the code word question too much, too yeah. much. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting too because I also have had mm-hmm. times where, and again, this is not as a fault to anyone coming to see us for a reading because people come with different energies, different intentions, and different, and they're in different phases of their grief process, right? So, like big yeah. emotions behind it. So sometimes they will come focused on that one word. And that one word doesn't arrive, but there's so many pieces that do, you know, say childhood memories, significant events, a pair of shoes or whatever, several things line up, but because the code word wasn't there and they're in such a state of grief, they don't take any of the other pieces. That's correct. And I find that is always heartbreaking because there's nothing more that can be done or said at that point. We can't make up a code word. Um, and if we can't get it, we can't get it. If it's not there, it's not there. Well, we can't, we can't share anything other than what they're giving us. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the, we're the channel. That's the best that we can do is the information that they're providing us. And, and you know, sometimes maybe that code word and that um, concrete uh, evidence for them is not having it is part of their grief journey. Mm-hmm. You know, not... It might be part of their spiritual journey to get closer to understanding spirituality or connecting to that person. Mm-hmm. Say the code word is turtle. Maybe, maybe they keep seeing turtles and and it's not, it's not, um, it's not connecting for them because they expect it to come through a medium or you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, there's lots so of so I think we're only given the information that we're allowed to have or that person is allowed to have. And if mm-hmm. they're not a, they're not sort of in their journey supposed to have that information, then we won't get it. And it kind of sounds like a cop-out, you know? It kind of sounds like, oh, well, isn't that a convenient little, you know, 
mm-hmm. caveat to fall back on, but it's true. It is true. And I think that's a great point is because one thing that I've really learned with mediumship is it's not, it's not about you or I as the medium. We really just become an interface, a translator. It's not about us. It's only about the messages, right? So when you show up just to bring the messages, all you can do is bring the messages, the ones that are there, like that's it, right? And so there has to be sort of this like detachment from feeling a lack if the desired specific message isn't there, right? Right. We're just the interface. Yeah. And and what I find too sometimes is the interface interprets things in a different language than the person in front of us. So somebody will come through, um, this is an actual example, and they kept showing me soup, um, this person feeding soup. And I was like, it's like a wonton, there's something in it, or or dumplings. I thought it was dumplings. Like it's like dumplings, because I could kind of see these like puckered up kind of edges mm-hmm. in this wrapping. And because I said dumpling soup, they were like, mm, no, that's not right. We we didn't eat dumpling soup. And it, and then later in the reading, I said, she, she keeps coming through with this idea of soup. And I'm like, did you feed her soup? Like, what was this? And And apparently when she was ill, they were feeding her this wonton soup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. But but because I didn't specifically say and this isn't a criticism to anybody, mm-hmm. this is even a learning point for me to maybe not get that specific to say dumpling or mm-hmm. wonton to leave it more open at soup so that it can resonate better with the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Right. And that's that that's that <clears throat> learning of interpretation, which I think is a continual learning. Like, I don't think we'll ever stop or have it all figured out because every spirit communicates differently. Yes. Right. So it's always a learning. Like every time I think we sit in a reading, it's like, all right, let's see what it's going to be. And it like, it's not ever truly predictable. Yes. Right. Yeah. So uh, I have another one. Have you found that in conversation with people when they're like, Oh, you're a medium. That must be so amazing because you have the answers to everything. Anything you want to know, you just ask and you get now, do you find that to be very much not accurate because it's easier for you to get answers for others than yourself? Absolutely. What would you say? Absolutely. But again, we are only giving these people information that they're allowed to have. And I think for at least you and I, our journey involves mediumship. It involves the growth and spirituality, <clears throat> the doing readings and all of that. So that our sort of way through that isn't always a clear path. We have to kind of walk it and figure it out on our own. And if we're given the answers for things, we miss those life lessons and uh, situations that we're supposed to walk through. I get nudges. I get, I get, don't do that. I get, don't go there. Um, I used to, one of my grandfather used to be one of my guides he was so funny because he was so blunt and straightforward. He'd be like, young lady, you need to stop. (laughs) It was was hilarious. But I went through a phase where I would always sort of seek answers from spirit. And I'm going a little away from the question, but I would always seek answers for different things that were happening in my life. And I really had to step away from that and, and recognize that 
I have to go within and decide what works for me and not have spirit always guiding or telling me what I'm supposed to do or, or me wanting them to tell me what I'm supposed to do, because that really is a very 3D um, decision. Like mm-hmm. you have a word for it that you use a lot. What, uh, like conscious, conscious choice? choice. Yeah. Conscious choice, because there's so many different directions that we can go. And I don't think spirit necessarily wants to um, narrow the scope of which direction that we go. It has to be based on our own conscious choice. Mm-hmm. So I veered off from the question. I don't know if I actually answered it. No, but I like that. And I, I think that's very true because I know that there's times for myself in my own journey too, like my own life journey, where I've been checking in with spirit and leaning on them a lot and being like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I'm becoming so dependent on it that yes. they're just like hands off. And then, you know, I make a choice and the choice either blows up or falls apart or something. And I'm like, What? why didn't you tell me this? Like, where were you? What was happening? And they're like, did you not realize that you learned so much more from that than had we prevented you from doing it? Because what do you know now? And I look at it retrospectively and I'm like, oh my gosh, absolutely. I would have not known what I know now or be the person I am now had I not experienced it. So I think that concept of having all the answers all the time I don't think anyone would. And for anyone to think that they do, I think I would question that because absolutely. I think it's false to assume that anyone human could have all the answers all the time because we're not yet done discovering things. We're here on this planet gaining wisdom for a reason. And until we exit this planet, we're still in the process of gaining wisdom. So, absolutely. Yeah. And like, I don't think spirit experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So they wouldn't give us all the answers all the time for ourselves or for others either. Right. Cause there's mm-hmm. purpose in the learning. So I have a question. Yeah. So I've had different experiences with different teachers and I have my own opinion of the difference between, I can't remember if you and I talked about this or not before psychic and mediumship. Mm-hmm. So I had w- one um, sort of teacher that <clears throat> psychic was using your mind. And if you're using your mind, you're not, um, you're not using mediumship or mediumship is just connecting to past loved ones. I had another one, and these aren't necessarily teachers, sometimes just other mediums, mm-hmm. that mediumship is only mediumship when you can prove it. Hmm. So for her, it was, there has to be undeniable fact. So if I were to bring somebody through, there would be a way to Google it for their family or something to be able to concretely say that this person exists. And I'm like, but what about spirit guides? Like, what about ascended master? I, I, I can't prove that. How, how does that work? And it's like, well, then that's not mediumship. Or there's the psychic and the... um mediumship and, and for me I, I consider it intuitive and mediumship because I'm always connected to spirit anytime I tune into something that's all mediumship in my opinion what's what's your opinion yeah that's a great question so the way that it seems to resonate for me is that mediumship is when you are getting the information from another entity or being Right. So a past loved one, archangel, ascended master, maybe an interdimensional being, ET kind of thing. 
and you're communicating in non-3D forms. So you're not using, they're not speaking as a person embodied to you. They're speaking to you through clairvoyance, clairsentience in your mind, or showing you pictures in your mind. Like that kind of thing to me is mediumship. Psychic to me is when you're tuning into frequencies, energy of either a past, present, future, a time, a timeline, um, or like an, a, um, a collective frequency. Now we can get really picky with that though and say, well, then trees, spaces, nature are sentient. And I absolutely believe they are sentient. So then would that be mediumship then if you're tuning into a nature space, right? So it's... So it, that's where I get nitpicky with it too, yeah. is because yeah. even when I am you know, tuning into say the collective energy or consciousness, I'm tuning into my guides because mm-hmm. they're talking to me and they're telling me what's what. Yeah. So sometimes I question if, if there actually really is a, a clear distinction between the two. Like I get mediumship yeah. is speaking to um, loved ones and all of that. I, I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. But when you're connecting to spirit, it's still a medium. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And so I like your idea. I like how you're calling the other one rather than being psychic. It's intuitive because you're feeling into the energy of a situation or a thing kind of. I I like that because I think you're using your energy to feel around what this particular thing is telling you. However, when you connect to your guides, then that becomes mediumship. So I would connect to my guides to yeah. tune into a situation. I would always connect to my guides. Yeah. Yes. See, and what I, yeah, I normally, if it was a situational thing, I feel into the energy first and then I connect to my guides and say, what can you tell me about this? I do both. I I think that's a fair, yeah, yeah, because I I don't know that I've ever totally broken it down. Yeah. I know it's, it's trying to explain something that's just free flowing. Right. Yeah. All I can say is that I feel like I'm connected to spirit as a whole in all of it. I agree. And the ability to connect to spirit is what makes you a medium. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. That's a really good topic. I'm going to ponder that further. Okay. (laughs) Because there's like the base idea, but I also really like this idea too of like intuitive. And I mean, because the more that I find I experience our world around us, the more I realize things are sentient, right? However, there can be an energy connected into an object and the object is not sentient, but the object has a resonant frequency of a thing, like say a wedding ring. Yeah, for psychometry. Yeah, right? Like somebody could wear a wedding ring for their whole life and it's not necessarily their spirit telling you things about that thing but you just picking up on resonant frequencies of the wearer of it. Which is energy. Which is yes. energy. But then if Which you start asking, necessary. yeah, if you start asking it questions, then that would become mediumship. I think that's a very, very good distinction. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> Look at us. I know, right? We just solved the world's problems right there. Um, <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what I was just going to say. Yeah. Okay, so here's another question. Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit before, but 
One is that once you're uh, open to spirit in this way, you can never, ever shut it off. But you mentioned that you do have to kind of change things in your 3D life. So to you, can you ever actually shut it off? Or do you find it's like a dimmer switch where it kind of like it's brighter and then gets darker? The, no, it's off. Yeah. Yeah, I I kind of explain it like a light switch. Mm-hmm. So I I flip it, I'm on, I'm all seeing, all feeling, um, all of the clairs and I shut it off and it's not there. Mm-hmm. So for it, but that doesn't mean that my sensitivity is still not picking up on things. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, somebody's talking about a situation and I'm kind of... Um, tuning into the energy of the situation that kind of just happens naturally. I believe that's sort of how I work, Mm -hmm. but unless I want to, I, I do not um, Mm. see spirit or speak to spirit. And, and, you know, like I've talked about this before, I have had to have extremely strong boundaries with this because I'm a police officer. I work in child exploitation. This isn't an area that I can necessarily tune in or or have sort of that sensitivity and connection because it's damaging it's it's traumatic so i've had to work very very hard at at having those boundaries and i mean i used to walk around and pick up stuff all over the place and i find that very overwhelming when i'm trying to exist in the 3d world and interestingly i was talking to my psychologist about it because he um he a part of his practice is working with police officers with PTSD, with um, uh, psychedelics mm-hmm. and healing through sort of that, bringing people into that sort of um, spiritual space to be able to kind of work through trauma because these psychedelics, I don't know a lot about it, but my understanding is that it can kind of just break down those defense mechanisms to be able to help people heal. And he was telling me about it. We were chatting about it. And, and I was like, so but I already just go to that space. And he's like, well, how do you do that? And I'm like, how do I do that? You know, it it used to be sort of a a meditation and invite spirit in and have my circle and my protectors and my, all of those other things. And, and now I just have such a relationship with spirit that they take care of everything. And I just turn off and on. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And What a beautiful thing, though, for you to be able to essentially coexist in both worlds so that you aren't totally overwhelmed. Because I could not imagine what it would be to do your work and be so sensitive and open. I think that would pretty much demolish anybody. So there would would have to be a very strong boundary there. So, yeah, that's really interesting. Now, question on that, secondary question. Do you find your boundary takes a lot of energy for you to sustain? Or has it become more natural? Because I know a lot of people say that when they start to open, they can't shut it off. It's hard to hold that boundary. It's overwhelming. And like, they think uh, it's not possible. You can't have a boundary. Okay, so that's not to say I didn't go through that experience because I did. The, um, you know, I would go into work and, excuse me, and I wasn't working in this um, area at the time, but I would go into work and I could feel everybody's energy and I would, and I would just be overwhelmed. And I found it very difficult because I'm picking up on things. Somebody's talking about something and I'm picking up on things. And it was just like, oh, I, I found it very, very difficult. So I had to work very, very hard at it. 
very hard at it. And I don't want to get controversial, but I'm going to tell you one of the big things that actually worked for me. So I was diagnosed with ADHD at about 37, 38 years old. And my deep sensitivity of picking up everything actually got a lot more manageable when I started taking medication for it. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that most of us that connect to the other side and that are in the 3D world diagnosed with these um, neurodivergence because we experience the world differently and we vibrate at a different frequency. But the reality for me is that I had to exist in the 3D, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to be able to do those things. But that deep sensitivity just became easier for me to manage. I, I know that's a weird answer, but it's true. It was it yeah. was very true for me. Yeah, that's very fair. And, you know, I've actually had a lot of people mention that too. Right, their experience with neurodivergence being that they just recognize a different reality yes. that doesn't fit in the structured 3D reality. Agreed. Um, and so when they did whatever their modality was or acceptance or whatever it was, allowed them this peace and ease to be able to kind of move through both, depending on what they needed to do. Yes. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Um, okay, one other question for you here. Um Sorry, I kind of have two. Maybe it'll kind of come into one. Um, Do you find now that you're a medium um, or you've been practicing for a long time, do you find anything is still scary to you? Oh, my gosh, yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, yes. (laughs) I have the best story. Like my gum, you can see it as I smile. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't chew gum in the middle of a podcast. But anywho. (laughs) Okay. Um. I don't like it when they show up at night. It scares the bejesus out of me. Mm. So I have pretty clear, like, don't do this in the middle of the night. I wake up. It scares the snot out of me. I don't like it. Like, you know, I, I've been doing this for years and I'll, I don't want to see a spirit just sitting on my couch like that. That would scare the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. So this one night I woke up and I looked out into my hallway and there was this I sound okay. So let's cue back to, you know, we sound a bit yeah. nutty. Yeah. There was this monstrous spider in my hallway. And mm. I was like, you know, the best way I can explain it, I, I couldn't see it in the 3D, but I could see it in my mind's eye, but almost like it was 3D. I call that 4D physical. So oh, it's I like, like it. physically there, but in 4D. Yes. Yeah. And I I looked and I was like, oh my God. So I did like this sort of mental, like, hey guys, you, you need to clear my house. I, I don't know why I've got this weird spirit spider, you know, standing outside my bedroom drawer, but I don't like it. And it immediately jumped up into a person and he's like, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. It's like, I'm a shapeshifter. I'm here because you're going through an incredible amount of changes And I'm just here to support you and protect you. He's like, it's okay. It's okay. And I was like, "Mm, no, it ain't okay. (laughs) Yeah. Giant spider, not okay. Yeah. I was like, okay, super thanks. But if we could not be in spider form outside my bedroom at night, that'd be cool. He's like, Mm -hmm. done, done. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was, it's fascinating that I get to have those experiences, Mm -hmm. but they scare me. Like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's very different. What about you? So I have, um, so I used to be really afraid of seeing things at nighttime and I can still 
feel eerie. What happens to me more recently is like spirit will try and come into my dreams. And if there's any pesky energies, they'll try to like chase me, attack me in a dream. And usually I can wake myself up and be like, no, no, I'm not interested, but I'll still feel the resonance of them in my room. And so usually what I'll do is I'll grab one of my crystals and I'll clear the space in the room and then go back to bed. But I can have this eerie feeling. But one funny story. So you're telling the spider story and it reminded me um, how a couple weeks ago, I woke up like half awake to this sound of like, but I knew that it wasn't in this reality. And the window was wide open and there was wind and stuff. And I kind of, they woke me up first and I'll explain they in a moment. Then this massive gust of wind comes in, starts slamming all the doors in our house, wakes my husband up and I sit up and I can still hear in spirit world, like, and so I know there's this like collection of beings and I'm like, who are you? And they show themselves, like I mentioned it before, as like these lemurs, but they had like, they were rainbow on the bottom normal on the top and they were like maybe a foot high and they were lemurs right yeah pride lemurs um (laughs) from a totally different dimension and they were kind of like from this fairy realm so again things that like i normally wouldn't chit chat about and i was like okay enough enough i want to go to bed right and so i lay back down and then they knocked over my orchid off my dresser all over the floor like everything Mm -hmm. everywhere and i was like that's enough so i literally Here I am, two in the morning, standing in my room out loud, being like, that's enough. We will not be doing that anymore at nighttime. That kind of stuff freaks me out. We'll talk tomorrow, right? So I clean it up. And sure enough, they just wanted to talk about some different things, like new elemental energies that were going to be coming in from a different dimension and yada, yada. But they came through at nighttime. And there there is this thing about nighttime, hey? Like, just can create this eeriness and I don't know if that's connected to the way that we're brought up where scary movies happen at nighttime and all this or that or if it's just louder at night because everything is quieter I think it's because it's quieter I think I'm not in my logical um sort of I've got this I've I've got to run to the grocery store I've got to do this I've got to do that I've got to do right Mm -hmm. so I think I may be calmer so they're able to come through but yeah no not in my house no creepy don't like it A lot of times what will happen for me is when I'm cleaning the house or painting or doing furniture refinishing or something along those lines, I'll be having regular conversations with spirit Mm. because, Mm -hmm. you know, I I said not that long ago to you, I'm like, I don't really meditate because I have a very hard time slowing down. So that's my sort of active meditation where I'm doing something and that's when I can really slow down and actually connect to spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find that too, actually. It's one of my paintings specifically is one of my favorite things, like painting a wall, not art painting, but like rolling a wall uh, or the living room or something I find is one of the best times to communicate with spirit. Yeah. The best furniture. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, And I like how you brought up the shapeshifter thing too, because this is a good, a good point for people listening is if ever you see a spirit or you feel you see a spirit and you don't like what it looks like, ask if that's its original form. And you can say, show me your original form because oftentimes they will transform into something much more palatable than maybe what we're observing at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've had that so happen too. The way 
before I say this, I don't want to forget one question that I have is if you've ever had a reading where you get nothing Mm -hmm. or what it's like for you with a reading with someone that's skeptical. So if we can, I would love to talk about that if we can go back to it. Yeah. Um, Oh, now I lost my other train of thought. What was... <laughs> we were talking about the spiders and the shape-shifting. Oh. In the original form. Right. So the way that um, spirit explains uh, people, uh, past loved ones, whatever, showing up, is they show up in a way, A, that they like to show up in, and, and two, that the person's really going to recognize and it's going to resonate with them. So a spirit guide is going to typically show up in a way that works for that person. So they absolutely have the ability to show up in different ways if that's what the person needs. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's showing up and it's like, oh man, you're way too bright or I can't, I can't really see you. I, I want to have a name. I want it to, you know, they will do that because they're here to <clears throat> sort of help us along our journey. So they're going to show up in a way that like you said, is more palatable. Yeah. To digest. Yeah. And it's worth asking them that. Totally. If you don't like mm-hmm. it, ask ask for a different way. Um, and that's okay. the other thing, two, two sex just about boundaries is yeah. that we, we can absolutely tell them what works for us and what doesn't. And they will absolutely respect that. Mm-hmm. There is no reason to be walking about as a medium being bombarded with things you know, like I wouldn't let any old person into my house. Why am I letting any old spirit into my energy? Absolutely. You know, it, it, and that's not to to say that I'm not honored that I have this ability, but it's going to be on my time and mm-hmm. in a way that works for me. So, yeah, that's a beautiful yeah. point. Very good point. So in terms of uh, readings where I get nothing or a very skeptical person, uh, sometimes if someone comes in super skeptical, Spirit won't give me anything because either they will not receive it or more often than not, the information would be too jarring because they want to come in to be proven right because it's going to support their feeling of safety. Right? So like I've had some people where Spirit just said, they're not ready to have any messages yet. Anything we bring you will be too big, too bold, too validating that it'll really like kind of crack their infrastructure of what they consider reality and they're not ready for that yet. There's times where that crack is a beautiful experience and the person is like, oh my gosh, where there's also times when that's not. So sometimes they'll do that in that case. But I have had a couple of occasions, but a handful of times over the last decade and a bit where I show up and spirit just pulls, they pull a black curtain across and black doesn't mean bad, but it's just like, sorry, there's no information you're going to get here at this time it's not the right time. And usually we'll reconnect about three months later. And then the information comes through with an explanation as to why it wasn't available then. Right. Yeah. How about you? Um, Same experience with um, people that are skeptical. And the way, again, Spirit kind of explains it is that their experience is supporting their beliefs at that time. Mm Mm-hmm. That, that no information is coming through. And, and if their belief is, is that this doesn't exist and it's not real, it's not necessarily going to happen for them until they, or if they get to a point where, where they are a little more open to that reality, then that might come through. One thing, I haven't ever had um, nothing. I, I thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would find that very uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, it happens. Sometimes you're right. Like it's just not the right time for them. 
What I get often is um, when somebody has passed recently, they are, are stepped back and they don't have a lot to say. And the, the grieving person will be asking a lot of questions that spirit won't necessarily answer. And it's because they're, I believe it's because spirit is honoring, this is what they told me, is honoring this person's very 3D grieving process that they must go through. Mm-hmm. And to feed them with all of the um, 3D things that they need from that spirit can stunt the progress that they're making in their grief. And some it doesn't. Yeah. So, I mean, these aren't, these aren't necessarily, these aren't decisions that I'm making. This is sort of the information that, that spirit's giving me, mm-hmm. which I, I, I'm not sure what your timeline is, but what do you think about um, information that you're hesitant to share if you should or shouldn't share it? Mm, that's a good question. So one thing that uh, my guides taught me and also a couple of my mentors really um, made sure that I understood and I'm so grateful for it was if any piece of information comes through to me that I don't feel comfortable saying, I do not have to because spirit can find another way. They either find another medium, find another way to bring in the message. Like being in the position that I am is that interface. I do not need to do anything that is beyond my comfort zone. So I always use my own discernment in any moment of, do I want to share this? Do I not? Do I want to be responsible for what this may cause or do I not? knowing that the message will still come through in some other form, in some other way, but it doesn't have to be me. And so I always also say that to anyone I'm reading for, if somebody comes through and they're like, hey, I'm uncle so-and-so, can you pass on a message to my daughter, right? Say they're saying this to the niece and they're asking the niece to pass on a message to their daughter. I will share that message, but I'll say, under no circumstances do you have to pass it on at any specific time or ever, unless it feels right for you, because there's another way. Yes. So that's my rule of thumb. How about you? So I, I have two schools of thought. One is exactly what you're saying. The other is I'm, um, and I and I, I I would say that I lean more towards your um, way of thinking, and I was taught that as well. But then I also think, you know, I'm not spirit and, and I'm not um, the boss, you know? So what I love about what you said is that I get to make my own personal decision about whether I want to share this information based on who I am and what resonates with me, because the information is going to get to them anyways. It just might not be through me. Mm-hmm. So I love that because there's also an aspect to it of spirit is not going to give it to us if it isn't something that they are going to learn. But it, but like I said, I love that distinction with you. It doesn't have to be come from my mouth. Mm-hmm. So definitely there's stuff that I hold back. I don't want to tell somebody that their partner's having an affair. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell somebody that, um, you know, different things are coming up or, mm-hmm. or some things I, I just don't want to because it can throw people in serious tailspins. Yeah. And I don't want to be responsible for that. It's going to happen. They're going to figure it out. Yeah. So I I do ask very clearly from spirit in all of my readings that I don't get something 
or pick up on something that they can't handle that isn't for their highest and best. Yeah, I do that as well. And so it's very, very rare where I'm put in that position of discernment. Yeah, because spirit will really, they will honor that. And I love that you said that because that is such a key thing is please only give me the highest information for this Mm -hmm. person moving forward. And so I would say like 99.9% of the time, it's just simply that, right? But there are those moments where we have to use discernment and um, and I think that's a good thing to have your own voice and choice in it as that interface. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. Well, this has been so much fun. Honestly, this has just been so it. fun to compare notes and chit chat. And hopefully that helps many of you listening kind of get an insight, whether you feel very connected into spirit and this helps you recognize what's going on for you or if it just helps clear up misconceptions if you're looking to do a mediumship reading with anyone and again these are just our opinions that's two of many many mediums in the world so take what resonates and leave the rest but um yeah tanya thank you again for joining for anyone yeah anyone that wants to connect with tanya she's available at avalonspirit.com and uh yeah i'm looking forward to hearing more of what's coming down the pipe from you in the next little while, some insights and information for people. I'm just going yes. to a little teaser there. little um, teaser that I'm not quite ready to say out loud. I know. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. And thanks, everyone, for watching. And I will see you all next week. Awesome. Thanks, Jeanette.